Welcome to FASD Hope, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 19 years of lived experience. FASD Hope provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD Hope, Natalie Vecchione. Welcome to today's episode. Welcome to today's DadCast. Our topic, we still struggle. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Hey, everyone. Welcome to today's DadCast. I'm joined by my favorite guy in the world, uh, my husband, John. People have been asking for him to come back on and talk. So we have a DadCast and it's appropriately titled, We Still Struggle. Uh, I've been getting emails and messages and I've been telling John this, uh, saying, you guys, wow, you know, your son is is living away from home and you guys are doing new things and you have this podcast and everything, everything must be so great and successful. And, um, <laughs> we still struggle, don't we, honey? We, yeah, we do every day, but we, it's okay. I mean, it's just part of the journey, I guess. Right. I love that. You know what? We still struggle, but it's okay. I think that would be like a great catch line for this. We do, we still struggle. And I think the beauty of how we deal with our struggles is much different than it was, say, like five, 10 years ago, where we kept focusing on what's wrong instead of what you are so brilliantly doing in in Nick's life and in our lives is, you know, focusing on, hey, what's what's the one thing that's going right? Or what's the what's the two or three things that what are the two or three things that are going right? So let's talk because we've been getting some emails and messages. I had a, a listener ask, what do you guys still struggle with now that um, your son's not living at home anymore? That's a really good question. And I would like to talk to John about this because this is something that we've really been tackling together. What do we still struggle with? Um, you know, it's it's kind of the same. So it's evolved. There's a lot of the same, but kind of in a different, through a different lens, I guess, is a maybe the way to put it because he, Nick, you know, he's not here in the house with us, but we talk to him a lot, multiple times each day and on varying topics. Sometimes it's, you know, things are calm. Sometimes he's in having a little crisis or he's upset. So it's just that, that we have a little bit of space between where we can kind of hang up the phone and take a breath. Whereas before, you know, he's, here and you just you know he might walk away but can come right back and so it's different in that way but you know at the same time he's further away so if there's really something that you know he he can't he's just unable to handle on his own then we try to figure out like it requires us going to see him which is a little bit of a ride it's an hour each way to get there so we try to be, we try not to do that too often because it sets the wrong precedent, I guess, of like, we don't want to think every time there's a problem, mom and dad are going to drop what we're doing to come running. Um, we're, we're, 
we're slowly, we're just taking baby steps to help him uh, teach him how to address some of these things on his own. So, you know, it's, and, it, and sometimes it's, you know, a crisis and sometimes it's not, it's just something as simple as, okay, you have to pay the utility bill. You know, I can, I can send a text message to your roommate and ask how much it is. Um, but instead of, you know, which we did at the beginning, but as we've gotten into this further now, it's just, I'll just, Nick, you got to find out what, how much your utility bill is. I, I'm, you know, he's got to take, I'm trying to teach him that, you know, to take that, some of that responsibility. And so, you know, maybe we're going, we're, we're just taking baby steps with this and going slow. Yeah. I mean, this is his first time on without us, you know, every day. And I think what we're doing is we're walking alongside him. And then when we see that he's got it, then we kind of slip off, you know, when it comes to certain things, like, like we have a victory, like just before we started recording, I told John, I was like, Hey, Nick called work, um, which we're going to talk about soon because they've been a huge blessing and and we want to celebrate that. Uh, But Nick called on his own, he called work and he was like, Hey, I'm going to ride my scooter in and I'd like to keep my helmet at the front desk. And he called on his own. And that is like a big executive functioning win because six months ago, no, you know, he, he, no, I won't do it. Or I, I, I'll do it later or anything. He, he called me just before we started recording and said, mom, I called them and it's okay. So I'm going to take the tow tow into work tomorrow which that is huge. I mean, we're going on, we're starting next month will be month four of this experiment as we affectionately call it. And that that's a huge thing. So like, that's something that we can kind of slip away from and okay, he's got that. So, um, something we struggle with. So, so thank you, John, because, um, that's really a great way of saying, you know, we, <laughs> and thank goodness for FaceTime. <laughs> it's it's a blessing yeah. and a curse. <laughs> you know, it's a blessing because he feels us there and you know we're in touch and everything. But then <laughs> at like two in the morning, it can be a curse when he's like got something and we're like, oh yeah, man. he can't sleep, he's yeah. got a headache, or he's having yeah, it's you know. it's hard FaceTiming at two in the morning, you know. I mean, I'm yeah. I like I'm such a sound sleeper and <laughs> poor John, yeah. you, you get those more than I do. Um, Fortunately, it's not face. <laughs> yeah, I can. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'm more coherent than others. But <laughs> but, you know, I also um, I don't know if uh, you're trying. I, I don't know. I answer the phone when I aware, when I'm aware there's a, when I were aware that it's ringing, usually because if he's calling, he's not in a good he's in bad shape if he's yeah. calling that late. So lately so, it's been, we, we don't hear, we hear from him more if something's wrong. Like if something's not wrong, we usually don't hear from him and, and that's okay. That, you know, that's okay. We know that he's like either engaged in something or doing something good or like when he's at work and we don't hear from him, then that's a really good sign that he's yeah. having a good day. When he's at work and we get multiple texts or calls saying I'm anxious or I'm having a panic attack, panic attack or something, that's when we're like, okay, yeah. on your seatbelt, it's going to be a tough one. Something we struggle with, and this is for anyone out there who who deals with trying to get supports. John and I, we started homeschooling more than eight years ago uh, because honestly, we weren't getting the formal supports we need. He needed in you know, the school setting he was at. So we started homeschooling. So, so that's an example. And I think all of our son's life, we have battled for formal supports and 
John really is like the, you've been like the paperwork guy. I mean, you know, when he was in early intervention and then when he qualified for this and that and everything, you've been a champion with the paperwork and everything. So like John really has dealt with more of the, the formal supports in, in kind of getting those in line for, for our son. Part of this, him not living at home, him living in an apartment with, with two roommates, we were depending on an informal support. We're not going to go into it, but it, it didn't, the informal supports are not happening and it's a disappointment. And, you know, you'd think we've been on this journey for 20 years. You think that the disappointment wouldn't be as much, but it's still just as disappointing as when he was two and, and something didn't happen. Just to let you know, whoever's listening out there, we still struggle with that. When supports, when things fall through, when things that you were counting on fall through, that's still a huge struggle. However, John has this wonderful ability to be able to say, you know what? Okay, that, that's a struggle. That's a disappointment. But let's look at what's happening in his life that's good. So, And, and that's why this podcast is called FASD Hope. Um, we're not a success story. In fact, I think we're far from a success story because we're still in this struggle every day. However, we're able to step back and say, Hey, there are some good things happening. So let's talk about that. hon. Sometimes that's easier to said than done when, you know, when it's not just him, there's other things going on and, stresses and worries and just pressure and you know things that we're trying to do or get done and then there sometimes it feels like it's coming from all directions and it's hard to do that so I'd say that's a you know we're still trying to build that muscle but you know being able to uh say and we're talking to him about this and this came at the advice of uh our our family therapist is that you know is fine to, you know, every call, just ask him to find one thing, especially if he's like in sort of a bad mood or being negative to, to find one thing. He has to share one thing that he's grateful for or thankful for or happy about to start to try to push his mind in that direction. It's not all, it's not cycle get so zeroed in on all the bad stuff. Right. Um, and I think we're trying to do that more here too. Yeah. And, um, but like I said, sometimes it's easier, sometimes it's harder. And, um, but it's a good habit we're practicing. And I have to say that, um, and I think you, you would agree with me, honey, here's a little advice, parent advice to other parents out there. If you can find a family therapist, so we have a faith-based family therapist who gets FASD, he gets brain-based diagnoses and he gets trauma he is worth his weight in gold. And we've been seeing him for three years now. And I don't know about you, honey, but every time we see him, I just feel like we learn, we still learn, we still learn from him. And he gives us such a great perspective on things. And he really grounds us in our faith too. So I I just want to say that that's a huge support. And I highly recommend if your family's just kind of in turmoil. And he came on, he came aboard. He, you know, we started seeing him kind of in a really hard, difficult time. Three years ago, we were still just kind of figuring things out and 
I think we had just finished learning about the neurobehavioral model and everything. So he came on at a pretty tumultuous time and, and he's seen us through our ups and downs, but not only is he great for us, you and me, and even, even our daughter, even for Gigi, but he's also great with Nick. He sees us and, you know, he sees Nick. And of course now we, we still see him telehealth, but it's great. So I can say that there's hope in, in that support. Um, his name is Steve. He's, he's wonderful. And what he's taught us that finding every time we talk to him, finding that one positive thing, because, because it always seems like, at least it has seemed like, you know, whenever Nick would call us, he'd want something or be asking for something. And if we can kind of switch it around and say, okay, what, what's one good thing that happened today? And was it yesterday, honey, or the day before he was like, oh yeah, I finally made it to gold stars at work or something. He got like this recognition at work or something, Yeah, mm-hmm. which he, he spontaneously shared with you and I, I think he was on the phone with you. And then I was mm-hmm. in the room and yeah. I just kind of hopped on. I was like, Hey, wait, what's going on? Yeah. He got like another recognition at work or something. And that was really cool. That was very cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was when he, he's, has these times where he does that more and uh where he will come forward with that but this is also things he's accomplishing on his own which there's kind of a there's a lot of before this he hadn't had a lot of those instances he's had some but he's really you know doing these things more so on his own where we're not in the mix and so i think he's it's just you can see growth it's just slow and you can see growth with him and uh, that's really exciting to see. But there's still, you know, we're still going through a lot of struggles and perseverations and, uh, you know, anxiety. Uh, yeah, a lot of anxiety. So here's, so here's something I, I want to brag on you, babe, because you, you did something really awesome. Um, you do many things awesome, but you did something really, really like. So do you. <laughs> Thanks, honey. You did something really neurobehavioral friendly. And it's a tool that he's using, using at work. I think this is just so cool. So Nick gets a lot of anxiety at work when he doesn't know what to do next. So I'm going to hand the baton to you, honey. So you can tell everybody what you did to help him, because then I have a little um, addition to that story after it. He told me something today, but yeah. So this John did something very cool. So we're talking about work, his work and his work is a huge blessing. His work is a very big surprise. We were not expecting him to have an employer be so accommodating, so understanding, so neurobehavioral friendly, but they've been fantastic. And John really has kind of like, you know, walking alongside him with interacting at work. So, um, honey, share what you did, because this has been a really big help for him. Um, yeah. So when, when he gets to work in the morning, there's, uh, he goes in, he clocks in and he's supposed to go to his aisle and then, you know, and then clean up and, you know, do this. There's the next set of things and the next set of things, but he has, when he has trouble remembering that, especially I think when he gets there and he's moving and there's people and he might be tired or feel anxiety or have headache, any number of things. And so, um, you know, I, he introduced me to his, when I would, he wanted me to show, show me where he works and he introduced me to his manager 
who was really wonderful. And, um, and he, you know, I, when we were there, when I was meeting him, we talked a little bit about like what Nick should do. Cause when he gets in, so, most times he can't find a manager. There's no managers around or they're working They're with customers, you know, they're, they're busy too. So, um, so I, I think Natalie, I think you gave me the, you had maybe had the idea for this, but, um, I just, I thought about, I was going up to, to see him one morning and thought about the things that he's, you know, my conversation with, you know, the conversation the three of us had with his manager and made a, just really quickly on Google docs typed out, um, when you, when you get to work, you know, at work, do these things first, do this, then this, then this, then this, you know, just a list of things. And then I did another list of if I'm, you know, when you're feeling anxious, do, you know, get, get, you know, take a deep breath. Number two, get something to drink in parentheses, not caffeine. Number three, listed those things off. And then I printed it out and I cut the paper in half and taped each, you know, to two sides of an index card that he could keep one in his pocket, one in his wallet or one in his uh, locker at work. And I think he said the first day, he said that really, really helped because it just sometimes I think he forgets, you know, uh, what to do. And so we know that's executive functioning. You know, we know that's him just not being able to remember what comes next. So I love that you did that because I remember that morning I, I was, you know, waking up and, and Gigi was still asleep and you were going and you were like, oh, yeah, I printed these out. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's awesome. Um, so. I talked to him today. So here's another thing you don't know. Um, I talked to him when I talked to him earlier. I said, hey, do you have your because he's working tomorrow. I was like, hey, do you have your your card that dad gave you ready? He's like, oh, yeah, mom, I wanted to show you what I did. So he took he had this little notebook and he usually brings it to work to write notes down and everything. And he says the the pen holder um, wasn't working. He's like, mom, I just put it in my notebook. And because now I know that it's in my notebook and I always bring it to work because he has like another pen in his locker. So he's like, I don't need the pen. So it's in it's always he has one now always in his notebook. So I was really again, that was like another executive function win. You know, there there's there's like the losses, but then there's the wins, you know, and that was definitely yeah. like, he thought he thought ahead to put it in the notebook because he knows he always brings the notebook. And the other thing that John did, too that morning when he went to see Nick was he put a hook in his room. So Nick would remember his mask and remember his keys and, you know, just like everything was right there, you know? Um, so I actually, I, I, I bought, you know, I got the hook when, when, when I dropped him off, I, I, I picked up the hook while I was out and, um, and I asked him, do you want me to hang this or do you want to do it? He said, no, no, I'll do it. I'll fight. And he did. And he actually did it and he was using it so yeah like you know we'll have those moments but then it's like what'd you eat for dinner nothing i've nothing yeah. <laughs> like there's nothing to eat or or i had a lunchable you know which is like two pieces of bologna and yeah and then he can't sleep and he has you know so i think the other thing it, that, that seems I, to be it, our big struggle right now is food with him is getting yeah, him to eat and, yeah he can't, uh, you know, I don't know. It, it, I think it's another executive functioning where he doesn't remember to eat right. or he, um, he's not super hungry, but then, so what we found is this, his sleep has been off and on. And so we have this reminder list of that will tell him and sometimes text it to him. 
hey, you know, especially on the nights before he works is, okay, make sure you eat a good dinner and either, you know, order something in or you have, we stocked his freezer with like little, you know, the frozen lasagnas and mac and cheese and things like that, that he can heat up and eat without, you know, he can do that. And we'll get on the phone and talk him through it if he feels like he, you know, he needs help. But it's a simple list because this, you know, where his head, first of all, don't drink caffeine past lunchtime. He's got these like sort of neon LED lights in his room. Don't turn, turn those off at like two or three o'clock. Don't leave those running, you know, before you go to bed, especially if it might rain, take your meds, take some Tylenol, drink a little, one of those small bottles of water, and then, you know, quiet music. If you, if you need some, some noise and, you know, try sleeping that way because he'll wake up. I didn't sleep and I can't wake up and I can't go to work and my head hurts and, you know, it's a whole bunch of things. And so we're trying to help him push through that and say, I, you know, I'm, you know, uh, you're going to be okay. You only have to work for four hours, but you got to go in. It's, you know, they're counting on you and they're great and you don't want to disappoint and you don't want to lose this job. So sometimes that's a struggle. And then other times he just, he'll get up and do his thing and get into work. Okay. And Mm -hmm. so that just, that's a sort of an off and on thing. Sometimes he'll call four times, five times during his shift. Other times he doesn't call at all. And, and even on the shift where he's like, I, you know, uh, I'm looking at the clock, my phone starts ringing and I'm, it's nine 50. I'm like, he's been there for 50 minutes and here, and here we go. And, um, and we, but what we've been telling him is like, look, you're there, you're doing a good job. You just try to give them some positive, like keep it positive. And you only have three more hours. You can do this with your eyes closed, get, go over, look at your list, you know? So we're, we, we try to keep that positive and offer him some support and some help. And, you know, and also drive him to talk to a manager or, you know, get help from the people that are there as well sometimes. So it's just, it's an ongoing thing, but we're really proud of the progress he's made. And we're slowly, you know, we're slowly letting go of a number of things that we, he counts, he has counted on us for, um, as he learns to do them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, And, and we've held on and not for nothing, but we've held on to a lot of these things because We've seen time and time again that, well, you, you know, you might be said, well, that's being, um, you know, you're enabling him by, you know, buying him dinner or getting, you know, help talking him through how to cook, you know, the microwave dinner. Well, well, here's what happens if he doesn't, he won't remember to eat. He won't sleep. He'll, 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 he won't get to work. And the, the ripple effect of that is he'll be out of a job. So what happens if he's out of a job? Well, we're not going to, we're really not going to let him be homeless. And so then it becomes his struggle. We would be in there with him in that struggle to that finding a new job is going to be way harder than trying to keep this one. So it's a ripple effect and we want to stay in front of it. Exactly. And we've also learned, okay, we're, we're not experts. We're just parents here, but we see the walking alongside him and, and teaching him. And, you know, and again, like John said, he will not remember to eat. It's not that, you know, he doesn't care. It's he, his mind will not remember to eat. So what we're doing is we're being proactive. And I think that's a key word when you're in a struggle to be proactive and to think about this for the next time it happens, because you know that with FASD or any other brain-based diagnosis, there's going to be a next time. It's not just, oh, this happened. Oh, okay. We resolved it. Let's move on. 
No, this happens again. So I think that what we're doing and again, this is the first time he's ever been away from home. You know, I mean, he went to camp maybe a couple of overnight camps for karate when he was like 10 or 11. But with the exception of his hospitalization, he's never been away from home. And he we know we acknowledge that, you know, developmentally, he's not caught up to his chronological age. And and we know and we have differences with other people who say, oh, well, you know, he's out of your house now. Let him fend for himself. I'm sorry. But accommodating doesn't stop when somebody's out the door. If somebody has a lifelong disability, somebody is going to need lifelong supports and lifelong accommodations. So I'm just going to put that right there just to remind people that even though, you know, your child, your loved one is is not physically in your home, you still need to be proactive because otherwise, like John said, you get the spiral effect. And it's a choice. Yeah. And this is what we choose to do. This yeah. is what we think is best for him. Yeah. And, you know, you everybody has to decide what's best for their kids. But this is what we think is yeah. best for him. And this is also, you know, um, this is in line with this sort of support and treatment and, and how we were raised in our families, you know, supported us. Um, and still do in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, we would do the same thing for our moms and, you know, my brother and sister and cousins and things like that. Um, so Mm -hmm. that's just the way we were, that's the way our family is. And that's what we know. So that's what we do. We think we're doing the right thing for him. And, you know, we want him to succeed. We want him to, he's made in the past few months, he's made so much, even though it's been bumpy, He's made progress. He's made a lot of progress. And and we he's he's really out of his comfort zone in a lot of areas. So we really want him to keep moving forward, even if it's taking five steps back. Sometimes he still moves forward. So um, and I think Nick knows how to make an egg, you know, make a grilled cheese. But he's been in such a dysregulated state because of some things that have been happening at his apartment that he just, it it just doesn't come out. He just can't get that out. So um, yeah, John and I have this, have this idea of like, you know, I don't know if we had the capital, that would be really cool to start some sort of meal program for, for young adults and adults. Like, you know, he, he, uh, he, he's not going to eat like gourmet food, but you know, to get um to to get better than uh lunchables exactly exactly or like my my friend um you know linda rosenbaum who you know was a guest and and she said you know her her son has sandwiches and coke you know and and so like helping adults that have brain-based diagnoses you know eat good home-cooked meals that you know that don't cost an arm and a leg from uh, delivery services. So, anyways, that's just something yeah. we we're thinking out loud about that. So let's end on hope. We always do. We're calling this. We still struggle. Thinking about those dads of younger kids with FASD when they're struggling. Thinking about the way that we struggled when he was young. What are some words of hope that you can give for those dads? I, I think the just the one thing that comes to mind is just what we were saying earlier. Just find one thing 
to be positive about or that you're thankful for or that is good. It, one, one thing is sometimes all it takes, if you can zero in on that to help block out the 10 other bad things, <laughs> the things that are giving you stress or anxiety or worry, you know, try to focus on that as best you can. Sometimes it's, it's easier said than done. And sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's not, but that's what I'd recommend. I, I tend to, you know, I try to find the positive in it and, and try to ignore the, the negative, especially when I have no control over it. And so that's my, that's what one little piece of advice that helps me a lot. Maybe that'll help somebody else. That is an awesome hope takeaway. I say this all the time, but I'm so thankful to be your wife. I love you, honey. I'm so thankful for you. (laughs) Thank you for being on DadCast. And um, any dads listening out there, if you want to come on the DadCast and talk to John, and if you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please email us, natalie at fasdhope.com, or um, send us a message on social media. We hope you all have a wonderful beginning of the spring. For those of you listening in our neck of the woods, um, everyone take care. And uh, keep having the hope. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Becchione. If you like our show and want more information, check out FASDHope.com. Or please leave us a five-star rating and review. And follow us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you join us again next week. And remember to be informed, take care, and always have hope.